Welcome back. Lovely to be back with Oilam. A beautiful uh, uh, Oilam as always. Beautiful Thursday night as always. Beautiful, wonderful, sumptuous Cholent as always. Thank you again, Rabbi Aronson, for a knockout killer Cholent. In fact, it's killed 32 people from our community so far. But, but they've come back to life every week. Anyway, a beautiful Cholent and a beautiful Parsha. Big Parsha. Fat Parsha. This is Yisrael. Yisrael is Kabbalah Satayra. A, a turning point. Turning point in Kolatarakul over here. This is uh, what, as one could say, really, this is what it all comes down to. This is where it all begins. Kleisrol becomes Kleisrol. Kleisrol finally rises to the occasion. They, they fulfill their destiny. They say Nasev and Nishma, receive the Torah, and they become the Mamleches Kaihan and the Goy Kaddish. So Yisrael is definitely a packed parsha. And before we get maybe into Kabbalah Satire itself, the Aseris HaDibris, we'll try to get there. Let's look first that there's an introduction, the Hakdama over here in the parasha. And before we have Ma'an Torah, we have the namesake of the parasha, the, parasha, the, the uh, titular character over here, Yisrael himself, who arrives, it's a dispute in Chazal, if the parasha is written in chronological order, did he arrive before Ma'an Torah? Some say maybe he came even at, after Ma'an Torah. But the way the parish is written, we have his arrival preceding and coming as a preface to Matan Torah, Kabbalah Satara. And Yisrael arrives in Midbar Sinai, the encampment of the Jews, and he doesn't come alone. Who does Yisrael come with? Who does Yisrael arrive with? Sipora. And Sipora and Yisrael don't come alone either. Who do they come together with? Gershom and Eliezer. And a donkey. Very good. Okay, a donkey. As well, true, and, um, and the children. And the children, very good. Gershom and Eliezer, excellent, excellent, Joseph. So, Yisrael, Sipora, Gershom and Eliezer, four people, and at least one donkey arrive in the camp of the Jews before Matan Torah. Sipora, Moshe's wife, Gershom and Eliezer, Moshe's two children show up, show up in the midbar. Where were they till now? They were in Midran with Moshe's father-in-law. Sitting out, sitting at the Shibut, sitting at the Gullus, sitting at the, the, uh, the awful, awful tsaris and sufferings of Mitzrayim. They were waiting it out in Midjan. And they show up now. And why were they there? Why weren't they with Moshe? Moshe's family? Separated from him for, for such a long period of time, for at least for, for, about a, for about a full year. They are not together. They were off there in Midjan. What's going on over there, over here, and what's going into this? So Rashi brings down a very interesting dialogue. This is Rashi, if anyone wants to see this together. This is Perak Aleph. I'm sorry, Perak Yudches, Pasuk Aleph, the first Pasuk in the Parsha. I'm sorry, the second Pasuk in the Parsha, that's Pasuk Beis. So Yisrael, Chaisen Maisha, brought with him Tzipoira, Maisha's wife, after Moshe had sent her away. And then Shnei Boneha, the two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. So Rashi says, what's after she was sent away? Who sent her away and why? Says Rashi, When the Rebbeinshim told Moshe and Midjan, go return to Egypt. This is about a year previously, because we know the Makkas lasted for a year. And he arrived in Mitzrayim, started having discussions, negotiations with Paro, that led to Dom, Tzvardeya, Kinam, etc., so when it's time for Moshe to go down to Mitzrayim, 
it says, Vayikach Moshe's Ishtoyves Banav. Initially, it says that Moshe took his wife with him and took his children with him. So Rashi's actually asking Akasha, what were they doing in Midrash, and how did they get to Midrash if Moshe, the Pasuk testifies that Moshe took his wife down with him? That's they had that whole incident in, in, in the inn when the snake was trying to devour Moshe, and Tzipari gave Eliezer a brismila. What's, um, uh, I'm sorry, Gershom? No, it's Eliezer, he gave Eliezer a brismila. So, so uh, what happened? When did she go back and why did she go back? It says that she went down with Moshe Tumitz, right? So it says like this, Aaron came out to greet Moshe and they met up by Har Sinai. Moshe's coming from Midian. Aaron is coming from Mitzrayim to meet him. They meet up at, at, at Har Sinai of all places. Omar Lois, Aaron is very excited to see Moshe coming down to Mitzrayim to, to free the Jews, to, 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 um, to redeem the Jews, to save the Jews. But Aaron looks at these other people, Tzipayro and Gershom and Eliezer, he says, who, who, who are these other people with you? Maisha, who's this lady? Who are these kids? Little babies? Amar loy. <clears throat> so says Maisha to Aaron, This is my wife. These are my two kids. This is my family. Aaron, meet my family. Tzipayro, Gershom, Eliezer, meet, meet my brother Aaron. Amar loy. So Aaron says to Maisha, Where are you taking them? Maisha, where are you taking these people? We take them. Amar loy, let Why I'm taking them to Mitzrayim with me? Amar loy, Aaron says to Moshe, "Alari shaynum anu mitzdarim." We're already we already have enough problems with the yidden that are already in Mitzrayim. Alari shaynum anu mitzdarim. The yidden that are already there are already suffering quite enough. Vata bol haisiv alayim. You want to bring more yidden down? You're going to add more yidden into the challenge pot over here? The challenge kachzach Mitzrayim is boiling away. It's a very, very bad place for Jews to be. You're coming to add more Jews into the fire? What are you doing? You need to come because you're the Goyal. You're the Savior. You're the Mashiach. Why do you need to bring all these other people? They should come and suffer more. We need more Yidin suffering. Amar Allah, so Mashiach hears what Aaron is saying, and he says, L'chi l'veisavich, Zipayi return home. Nad She picks up her kids and she goes home. She took her kids and goes home. Okay, so Adkan, that's the end of the story. That says that's Rashi's solution to this problem over here that we have a contradiction. Otherwise, in Shemais it says, Sipaira and his kids came down with them to Mitzrayim. Here in Yisra it says, they returned from Midian after Moshe sent them away. What happened and when and why? Says Rashi, uh, initially Taka, they accompanied Moshe. Moshe brought them down to Mitzrayim. Aaron sees Moshe. Aaron says, Moshe, what on earth are you doing? Why are you bring more Yidin to Mitzrayim? It's not a good place. Not a place you want Yidin to be. Moshe says, okay, all right, Sipaira, go, go home. Um, Aaron is saying good. Aaron is saying good. You should go back to Mitzrayim. You should go back to Mitzrayim. So the question is like this. Moshe definitely knows that it's not so geshmak in Mitzrayim. He knows it's not a pleasant place to be. He knows that, that there's room for such an argument of that, that there's enough Yidna already suffering in Egypt. Aaron's exact argument. And not only that, not only, you know, Moshe knows full well what's going on in Egypt. Hashem told him that, 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 uh, he, um, um, Shamati, the Rebbe Hashem tells Moshe, I've heard, Nakas I've heard their cries, I've heard their pleas. He knows that Kleisel is in a lot of pain, is suffering quite a lot. He knows this. And he acquiesces to Aaron's argument. What was he thinking? What's, to, to ask it more Talmudic, in a more yeshivish, a Talmudic fashion, what's the shakla v'tariyah between Moshe and Aaron? 
What did Moshe think initially? And why did he concede to Aaron? What's this back and forth over here? He knows in advance everything that Aaron is saying. Why do you think, nevertheless, that he should take them down? And why did he concede to Aaron's arguments? So the emphasis is like this. If we pry open the Rashi, we see that it's actually not so simple at all what's going on over here beneath the surface. Um, it looks at a face value. Moshe wanted to take his whole family. And Aaron says, Moshe, what are you thinking, Moshe? You're going to bring more Jews to Mitzrayim? Enough people are suffering. We don't need more Yidin suffering. Moshe says, okay, we'll bring them back home. And, and, and that's what it looks like on the surface. That's a simplistic d- dialogue. And, and even then there's room to ask, so what did Moshe think? What was he thinking and why did he concede? But if we look more closely, something very interesting, very strange emerges over here. Who exactly was the de- debate about? And... and um, who was it that Moshe really told to go back to Mitzrayim? Who went back, I'm sorry, to Midjan? Who returned to Midjan at the end? Everybody, Tzipayra and her two kids. Right? So Tzipayra and her two kids are coming back from Midjan now to Midbar Sinai. That means Tzipayra and her two kids went back to Midjan, right? But who did Moshe send back to Midjan? Who did he send back? He sent all three of them back. That's what it would sound like, because if they came down, and then they went back to Midrash, and after he heard what Aaron had to say, so he, he brought them down. He sent all three back. If you look closely, Rash, you know he only sent back Tzipayra. Tzipayra is the only one that he told to go back. Let's look cl- more, more, more closely and carefully at Rashi. Amar lo again, Aaron says to Moshe, there's already enough yidin suffering over here. You want to add more yidin to this to this, this this awful situation? So what does he say? Amar la, l'chi leves avich. Amar la, he said to her, not to them, he said to her, l'chi leves avich. Go return. L'chi is, is command form to a single, uh, a, a singular first person nekeva, a woman. He's addressing one person who's a woman. L'chi, go leves avich, to your father's house. Tell Sipayrgo. He doesn't tell his kids to go back. He doesn't tell his wife to bring the kids back. He says, Lechi, go. Okay, go home. I'm saying good, go home. Concludes Rashi, not she took the two kids, she took the kids and she went back with the kids. So not only we have to understand what was the dialogue and the debate between Moshe and Aaron. Why did Moshe initially think he should bring them down? And Aaron told him he should send them back. And Moshe concedes to Aaron, but we see more than that. There was actually some kind of d- dialogue and debate between Moshe and Sipira. Not only there's some kind of vikuach between Moshe and Aaron, there's a vikuach between Moshe and Sipira. Wow. There's a double debate hidden in this Rashi. Moshe tells Sipira, you go back. And Sipira says, okay, I'll go back. And she takes the kids with her. In other words, Moshe held that even if Sipira is going to go back, the kids should stay. But Sipira says, if I'm going back, the kids are also going back. What's going on over there? <clears throat> so two debates we have to uncover over here, I say. So, it's like this. It's like this. Let's start. Let's start with the second one. Let's start with the second one. <clears throat> Moshe tells, Moshe hears from Aaron. Yeah, okay, Aaron. Um, you're right, the Yidin are suffering tremendously in Mitzrayim, and um, why should we add more Yidin to Shibud Mitzrayim? You're right, it makes a lot of sense. And so therefore he does what? He tells Tzipayr to go back. 
But his kids, he, he, he doesn't tell them to go back. He's planning clearly and bring his kids down with him, down to Mitzrayim. If he agrees with Aaron, he agrees with Aaron. If he agrees with Aaron that, that we don't want more Yidin suffering, that's why Tzipar is going back. Why doesn't that also apply to his kids? The Teretz is. Here we have a very Pashtun Teretz, a, a Litvish Teretz, very Litvish Teretz, but a very simple one, a very elegant one, a very, very, very uh, practical and straightforward. Aaron's whole argument was, why are you adding more Yidin to Shibud Mitzrayim? Moshe says, you're right. Okay, I, I, we shouldn't add more Yidin to Sheba Mitzrayim. He sends the Yidin back that would otherwise have been added to the hardships of Mitzrayim. But by bringing his two sons down, he's not adding to Sheba Mitzrayim. Why? His two sons are sons of Moshe. Moshe comes from Shevet Levi. He is a Levi. His sons are Levim. We know that Shevet Levi was exempt from Sheba Mitzrayim. Sheba Mitzrayim did not apply to Shevet Levi. They had a dispensation from the king, they had royal dispensation, government, a government abates over here, government allowance. They were not obligated to participate in Sheba Mitzrayim for the entire time that Klaus was Mitzrayim. Pyroi had respect for the, you know, the holy men, the priesthood of the Jews, and the priesthood was never enslaved. Shevet Levi did not suffer in Mitzrayim. All the other Shvatim did. The, the, the tribe, the house, the house of Levi, never was, was uh, a part of the Shebut. Mimelo. Moshe says, okay, Tzipayra, you have to go back. You're not a Levi, you're a Giyoris, right? If you come down to Mitzrayim, Par is going to put you to work. Maybe an Asian Levi, but you're not from Shevet Levi. You're not of royal stock. You're not of Leviic descent. You're going to have to participate in the Shebut. So Aaron has a very good point. We're suffering enough from the year that already came down. Why do we have to add to that? And by Tzipayra coming down, we're adding to that. But Gershom and Eliezer... They're, they're, they're Levim. I'm not adding on to the Shibu Mitzrayim. We don't have the argument of Al Mitzrayim. We're not being moist at the Shibu Mitzrayim by Gershom and Eliezer coming down. So he tells Tzipara, you go back, you go back, we'll send for you when we're ready. We'll send for you when we, when, when, when we're, when we leave Mitzrayim. We're going to call for you. We'll send you a, a telegram and you'll meet us in, in uh, Midbar Sina. We'll rendezvous by Harsina. But Gershom and Eliezer, there's no reason to send them back. They're not going to be Part of Shiva we're not being Moisif Alayan, not being Moisif on the Shiva by bringing Eliezer, Gershom and Eliezer down with Moisha. Very Gishmak. So we only dress the Parah, Lechilavay Savich, but Gershom and Eliezer, they'll stay. What happens? See, Parah takes both of them with her. He, she takes them. Natla, says Rashi. She scoops up the kids and she goes back. She takes the kids back with her. What's the Pshat over here? Why is she opposing Moisha? Moshe is coming from a very understandable place. The whole reason he's sending them back is because Aaron is right. Why should we throw more Yidin into the fire? Throw more Yidin into the bus? It's not a nice thing to do. Put more Yidin into the sheep and shrine. But by taking Gershom and Eliezer down, we're not throwing more Yidin into the cauldron, into the boiling hot pot of Mitzrayim. We're not doing that. Why? Does Zipayra have to take them back? Moshe is right. Zipayra will go back. Moshe and Aaron are correct. And await. Await Ma'am Torah in the Midbar, wait till they get out and they'll come meet them by Harsinai. But why is Tzipayra taking Gershom and Eliezer? Where is she disagreeing? What's the disagreement? What's the vikuach with Moshe Rabbein? So the the word is like this, Rabbi Say. The beautiful idea is going on over here. Tzipayra knows she's being sent back to await Matan Torah. She knows that's the next big event on, on, on the calendar. She knows, okay, we have Yitzhi's time coming up, but that's the result of Shibu's time, so Pesach, we're not going to be around for the Pesach Seder this year, right? Okay, I accept that because we don't want to add more Yidin into Sheba Mitzrayim for the next year. There's going to be a, there's still a lot of suffering coming up. 
So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, gonna go back to Midian. We'll meet you by Harsinai. We'll meet you in time for Shavuos. We'll meet you for Matan Torah. When you come get come out, the Yidden knew this. Tavdunas Har Eshalikim Ala Harazeh. There's already foretold to Moshe in in Shemais that when Klaiso leaves, they're going to be Makabal the Torah the Harsinai. This is the Chagiga. This is what they're going to celebrate when they when they leave and travel through the desert. So Tzipayir knows that. I'm leaving and we're going to meet up again by Har Sinai. I'm not going to expose myself to Shibbat Shalom if I don't have to. Taka, I accept that. But Tzipayr is saying the following. If I go, I leave, the kids have to come with me. Not because we don't want them exposed to Shibbat Mitzrayim. They're not going to be exposed to Shibbat Mitzrayim. But Gershom and Eliezer have to remain with me. They have to remain with their mother, not with their father. There's a lesson in Chinuch going on over here. And we could take it very simply, very easily, and say, you know, um, kids need a mother. Yiddish kinder, they have to have a mother. What they can do without a mother, they're just going to have a father. We could make it, we could, we, we could make it nice and inspirational. The mother is the one who's raising the kids. They have to be around the mother. Okay, that's nice. We could also make that a little bit practical, maybe make that a little bit litvish. She knows that, you know, she's busy all day long, he's busy, he's a leader, he's busy, busy talking to Pyro, he's busy making makas, you know, he's going to have time for the kids, he doesn't have time for the kids, kids have to come back with me. So all that is true, all that is nice, but all that is, 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 is a, a, a foundation upon which to build a greater idea, a greater idea. It's not just that, see, Pyro's coming from an outlook of raising children, that to raise the kids they have to stay with me, they can't stay with you. And because again, they could have gone, they could have stayed in Mitzrayim. As if you're only looking at it from the perspective of the Shibut, sure, they can stay in Mitzrayim, there's no Shibut. But Tzipayr is saying, but if we're going to be splitting up for the next year or so, the kids have to be with me and not with you. Not just from a perspective of Stam, you know, they need a mother, they need a motherly touch, a mother's touch, a mother's love, a motherly, motherly touch. Not just because of that, but because of what they're getting ready for. What's Kleisel getting ready for? What's the next big event after they leave Mitzrayim? What's the rendezvous going to be? When Zippar meets back up with Moshe, Matan Torah. The Yidin are getting ready for Matan Torah. Sheba Mitzrayim is really one long preparation for Matan Torah. Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, Pesach, is getting ready for Matan Torah. That's why we have Sirius Oimer. We can't from Pesach to Shus. Everybody knows the famous idea. The Ramban says that Sirius Oimer is one long Cholamayid. It's like a 49-day Cholamayid. Really, Pesach is the beginning and Shavuos is the end. Everybody knows this. Everyone knows these ideas, the famous ideas. Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim is only the beginning. Kabbalah Torah is the end. Shalachami v'yavduni. Let the end go out so they can be over me, so they can be Kabbalah Torah. Everybody knows that. Famous ideas. Famous, famous, famous ideas. Tzipayra is saying to Moshe, if we're going to meet up by Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, by, by Matan Torah, the next time we get together is by Har Sinai, and that's when I'm going to come back to meet you. The kids have to be with me till then. Why? Because for them to be ready... For Kabbalah Satorah, for them to be able to do Kabbalah Satorah, they need exposure to a mother first. They have to have their mother first to prep them, to prime them as a hechsher for Kabbalah Satorah. <clears throat> we have many, many psukim talking about Torah Mecha. Al Titoish, Torah Mecha. There's Torah Mecha, the Torah of your mother. Torah Chesed al we see a connection between the mother, what we get from a mother, and Torah itself. Al What's the idea of Torah What's the idea of the Torah that you get from your mother, the maternal Torah, the maternal touch? 
The idea is like this, Rabbi Say. Another question that the, that the, the Mepharshim asked, the Bali Moser asked this question. Indeed, if Rashi tells us that the Torah really could have started with Achadosh Zalachem, the Torah is all about mitzvahs. The Torah is Milosh and Hayra. The Torah is all about how to live life. The Torah is all about Tayag mitzvahs. The Torah is all about Hashem's instructions for us. Why indeed do we begin with Sefer Bereshus? Why do we have a whole book of Genesis, which is a lot of stories, a lot of exciting stories, fun stories, uh, but why do we need the Gan Sefer Bereshus before we get to, to, to Shemais? And why do we even need Shemais Vaira Vay Beshalach? Let's just jump straight to the Kishkas, jump straight to the mitzvahs. Let's start with Hachadzis Elochem. Let's start with the Aser Sadibris. Let's jump straight into the mitzvahs. Why do we need? Why do we need Sefer Bereshis? So the Mahalich is the idea that that we have received over here in the Inyanim, in, in this whole topic is Sefer Bereshis is called Sefer Yitzir, the book of creation. The book of creation. The whole book is a book of creation. Creation is like the first Perek. The first Ali is creation. There's six days of creation plus Shabbos, that's it. And after that, we have Noyach, we have Avram, Yitzchak, Yankiv, Yosef, Paro, all kinds of things. We have Chushim Mendon, we have Aesop's head getting chopped up at some point, right? That's what's going on in Bereshis. It's a book of, of creation, Sefer HaYetzirah. Chazal called Sefer HaYetzirah. What's Sefer HaYetzirah? Not the book of creation. The first Aliyah's creation. The first Aliyah, the first Parsha, the first Torah, the first Chumash. That's Yetzirah. Why are we calling the whole book of, 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 of Bereshis Sefer HaYetzirah? The Teretz is. It's not just Yetzirah of the world. It's Yetzirah of the Gavri, Yetzirah of the Mensch. We're creating people. Bereshis is about creating people. And you, you know something? We want the Torah. Sure, we want to be Makab of the Torah. We want to say Nasev and Ishma. We want to grab Gemaras and start sitting and learning. We want to get into it. We want to get Arayn, be Arayn Ketan in the Sukhis. We want to become Tavidi Chachamim, Avada. But it's only going to work if we create ourselves first. You got to create a, a mensch. You got to create a Gavra. And if we don't make ourselves people, then there's no foundation to build the Torah upon. And the whole thing will collapse. We'll come. Falling down will crumble. We can finish Shas umpteen times. But our entire bidding of Shas, if we didn't create ourselves first, didn't make a gabber, didn't make a mensch, we didn't make ourselves into people, everything will come collapsing straight down. Sefer Hayitzira is not about creating the world, it's about creating us. About creating a gabber, creating a person. Voracious is all about stories, yes, but it's more than stories. It's Musr, it's insights, it's lessons, limudim. Studying the actions of the others, how they acted, how they reacted, where they went wrong and why they were punished, where they were held accountable and where they were rewarded, what they did right, what they did wrong. It's all about Midas and Yiras Hashem, Sefer Bereshis. All about the, the, the lessons that we have in character traits, in building our character, and the lessons in Yiras Shemaim. That's what Sefer Bereshis is, and that's why it's Sefer Hayitzira. It's about building the Gavra, building the Mensch, creating us. Once we've created us, once we take away the lessons and the insights of Bereshis, now we can start learning. Now we can be Makabal the Torah. We have a Yesoy. We're people. We're people. We have solid and strong foundations. We can start stacking and building our, our constructions, our skyscrapers, our towering edifices of Torah because we have something solid to put on. If we don't have Midas, we don't have Yerushamayim. If we don't have ourselves worked out, if we haven't created ourselves, there's nothing for it to stand firmly on, the whole thing will collapse. 
This is the idea of Derech Eretz Kadam Torah. Midas Toivis have to come before Torah. And if they do, they'll never come down. They'll withstand anything. If Midas Toivis, if good traits, character traits, and, and, and all that hasn't been developed first, if we're rotten on, in, on the inside, then the Torah has no stability. It comes collapsing down. And there's another place where we find this beautifully illustrated. The Pasuk says, um, the Pasuk says, um, 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 it says the following. Um, a moment. What? It says, um, it says something along the following lines. I'm trying to remember the exact quote. It says, I remember from halfway through the Pasuk, but let's get the full quote. Let's get the full quote. Apologies. I don't want to misquote it. Um... Okay, this is this is how it starts up. Again, it's a hard pasuk to translate. The faith of your times, the the strength of your salvation, wisdom and knowledge. Fear of God is your storehouse. Well, how do you translate this pasuk? So the Gemara Shabbos says. Laced into this Pasuk and hidden in this Pasuk is a reference to Shas. This Pasuk is referring to Shas. The six sections of Mish- Mishnah and Gemara. Amunas, says the, says the Gemara, Amunah, Zu Sefer Zroin, Itecha is Mayed, Chaisen is Nashem, Yeshua is Nazikin, Chachma is, is uh, Kachim, Das is Taharis. This Pasuk is alluding to Shas. It's alluding to Shas. And it's telling us, build yourself up, go acquire Shas, make yourselves fat with Shas. The Pasuk includes, yes, Shas is wonderful, Shas is amazing, make sure you know Shas, make sure you know everything. Yiras Hashem hi But what's the storehouse that you're going to put it all in? Yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem hi If you have Yiras Hashem, you have a storehouse, you have a framework, you have somewhere that you can store it all. You, can, you have a suitcase, you have somewhere to put it, somewhere to pack it, pack it away. No Yiras Hashem, you have nowhere to put it. It's going to collapse, it's going to come falling, crashing down all around you, it's going to e- evaporate. This is safe for Bereshus. What Bereshus is all about. Bereshus is there to give us the Yiras Hashem, to give us the Oitzer. If you have an Oitzer, you can store anything. Without an Oitzer, you can't store anything. You can't take anything. Right? He Oitzara. Beautiful, very nice. Year is the same gematria as Torah. Beautiful, beautiful. Year has to come. Beautiful. Excellent, yes. So the year has to come first. So this is Sefer Bereshis. 
But say for Bereshus, we have an Oitzer, we have Yira, we have Midas. Now we can be Makabal the Torah. So it's a, it's a, a lot of fascinating insights over here. Say for Yitzira, the Yitzira that we're doing over the year is the Yitzira of the Gabra, creating the Mensch. We have to create ourselves first. We create ourselves, we can be Makabal the Torah. If we haven't been created yet, we can't be Makabal nothing. Tzipoyro says to Moshe, says Tzipoyro, Emes, I'm a Kabul, Moshe, I have to go away. I have to leave now. And, and, and you're telling me I have to leave because I'm otherwise going to be exposed to the Shibud. It's true, I'm going to be exposed to the Shibud Mitzrayim. And why should we expose more Yin to Shibud Mitzrayim? I accept that as well. But hold on one second. We're all going to be meeting up. We're going to be meeting up in, in Midbar Sinai for the next big event for Kabul Satayra. You want your kids to have a successful Kabul Satayra. They have to be with me now. They have to be with me they need that toiras imecho. What do they get from the mother? What do they get from the mother? A child gets from his mother. Before he goes off to Cheder, before he learns Torah for the first time, before he starts Mishnahis, before he starts Gemara, he spends the bulk of his waking and sleeping hours with his mother. And there's a reason why it's like that in Teva, because it's the way the, the Yibani Shalom set things up. And there's a reason why there's a way the Yibani Shalom set things up. It's the toiras imecho. The toiras imecho is for the child to see before he learns Mishnayis with his father, before his father starts hitting him over the head with Gemara, before his father starts firing him and testing him and pushing him and prodding him, getting him to learn and learn and learn and learn, before he's ready for that, he sees the Midas, he sees the character traits, he sees the Torah Simecha. And without the Torah Simecha, there can't be any Kabbalah Satorah from the father. There can't be any Torah Savicha. Without the Hashem, he You can't have what the Father is coming to give, which is the Amunasi Yeshua's He can't have that without the oitzer that the mother supplies. This is why we have things set up as such. This is why the minigayilam, the kachi darkeshul Torah, is you have to wait to a certain age before a child is really ready to get stuffed to the gills with Mishnais, with Gemara, with Torah. You gotta wait. Even, even, even according to Chazal's Mahalach, Chazal say, wait till he's five for Psukim, for Tanakh, wait till he's 10 for Mishnayis, wait till he's 15 for Gemara. So even we don't follow that strictly. But Mishnayis, no, kids aren't getting Mishnayis before second grade, third grade, not getting Gemara before fourth, fifth, sixth grade, depending on where you live, right? Depending on uh, how in town or out of town you may be on the sliding scale. But they're not getting it until they're much, much older. But from infancy, from infancy, they're getting bedtime with their mother and they're getting wake-up time with their mother and they're getting mealtime with their mother. Yeah, they're getting little bits and pieces, glimpses of their father here and there. But it's not just Stam, the mother taking care of them, not just Stam, the mother tending to their physical needs, it's Torah Simecha. It's seeing Torah in action. It's seeing Midas Toivas. It's seeing Yirash Shemayim. It's hearing Yirash Shemayim from the mother. It's seeing Yirash Shemayim in action from the mother. And it's seeing the Midas Toivas of the mother that's why, you know, it's so critical, Rabbi Yisai, the, the partnership between husband and wife, that everyone has to be on the same page in terms of the, 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 the Taharis Habayis, the Tznis Habayis, the values in the house, you know, they have to be in tune with one another. The mother's in tune with what the father's teaching the kids. The mother has to be on top of the father, you know. Is he spending time, learning time with the kids? And it's regardless of how accomplished the father is in his own Torah. A father could never have had the opportunity to go to yeshiva on his own. That's okay. But he says to his child, teach me what you learned this week in yeshiva. Teach me what you learned this week in school. The father's making time to sit and learn with the kids. 
good. That's the turd that's coming from the father. The actual, you know, the meat and potatoes of it. And that's something that's the father's responsibility. The parents as, par- as a partnership have to see that the father's on top of that. The parents as a partnership have to see that the mother is the one who's representing, again, the tzitkos habayis, the tzniyas habayis, the taharis habayis, the yira shamayim of the bayis. The yira comes from the mother. And that's there from infancy. And the reason that's there from infancy is because that's the yesoid. That's the foundation. That's the safer hayitzira. The yitzira of the child, that's the mother. The creation of the child is the mother. And creation doesn't just stop when the kid is born. Creation goes 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and beyond. But all those are years of creational years of getting the child primed and prepped and ready to have his oitzer, giving him his oitzer, of Yerushalayim, of Vidas Toivas, and seeing what the Torah looks like in action in order for him to have a foundation upon which he can build his career and learning, his career of Torah. This is why Tzipar takes the children back with her. And this is, although Moshe was correct when it comes to the Shibud, Tzipar is saying, this is all a hachana, getting ready for Kabbalah Satara. If it's about Kabbalah Satara, the kids have to come back with me. Where's the years Hashem He Oitzara going to come from? Where's the Oitzara going to come from? Where the meat is going to come from? The foundation for what we're getting ready for, where's it going to come, come from? If they stay with you, they have to come back with me if we're splitting up. Okay, so that's the first Rashi over here. We have a few minutes left before Meir. Let's skip and say something quickly on Kabbalah Satara over here. Let's point out something very interesting in when it comes to Kabbalah Satara. Um, the Aserah Sadibris themselves, in the Aserah Sadibris, we have the following. Um, number four over here is Shabbos Kodesh. Zochros Yom HaShabbos L'Kadshoi. Remember the day of the Sabbath to sanctify. Zochros Yom HaShabbos L'Kadshoi. And we know there's another place in the Torah where the Aserah Sedibras appear in Parshas Veschanon. We know over there there's some discrepancies. There it doesn't say Zochros Yom HaShabbos, it says Shomros Yom HaShabbos L'Kadshoi. So which one was it? Was it Zochros Yom HaShabbos or was it Shomros Yom HaShabbos? Which one, which one did Hashem say? Oh, very good. Shomer v'zochar b'dibur echad nemru. Hashem said Shomer and Zohar b'vas achas. He said them simultaneously. Shomer v'zochar was said together at the same exact time. And we, we, we commemorate that. We remember that every week in L'chadoidi. Shomer v'zochar b'dibur echad. And they were said together back to back. Uh, not back to back. Not back to back. They were said b'vas achas. And Rashi points that out over here. But let's read this Rashi together. Because the question is, do we ever really... Rashi says this. But Rashi says a lot more. And then just Shomer V'Zachar. And the question is, what's Rashi really saying? If we look at this Rashi very carefully. So this is something fascinating to see together, Rabbi Yisrael. This is Perek Chav, Pasuk Ches. So let's see where Rashi talks about the fact that Zachar V'Shomer was said, B'Vas Achas. Says Rashi, Zachar. Zachar V'Shomer B'Dibur Echad Nemru. Zachar V'Shomer was said simultaneously, the same exact time. Okay, that's well done. V'chein. So too, Michala Mois Yumos. There's a passage that says that those who desecrate the Sabbath shall be put to death. And there's another passage, there's another passage that says that every Sabbath you should bring, you should slaughter two sheep, bring the carpent tumid. so too. Rashi goes on. The Torah says, don't wear shatnas. And elsewhere, the Torah says, make tzitzis. Okay. similarly, says Rashi, so too. The passage prohibits, one of the forbidden relationships is your brother's wife. Don't marry your brother's wife, your sister-in-law. 
And the Torah says elsewhere, that if your brother dies without children, then you marry his wife. Hushanemar sums up Rashi, that's in the Pasuk and Tilam, Achazibar, Lakimish Times, Hushamati Hashem said one thing, and I heard two. Arkan. So what's going on in this Rashi? Rashi has a whole second, third, and fourth part. Everybody knows Zachar Vashamar Vadibur Echod, Zachar Vashamar said at the same time. But what about the rest of the what, what, what What's Rashi? goes on and on and on and on over here. Vachain, Vachain, Vachain. Rashi brings down three Vachains. Similarly, so too, so too, so too. Rashi brings down three more sets of Psukim. Rashi says, when one place the Torah says, if you desecrate the Shabbos, Mechala, Mois, you must, you get put to death. And Torah says, bring two carbonates every Shabbos. Torah says, don't wear Shabbos. Torah says, wear tzitzis with tchelis. The Torah says, don't marry your sister-in-law. Torah says, if your brother dies without kids, marry your sister-in-law. What does Rashi want with these three pairings? These three, what, what, what's the Pasha in this Rashi? Why is Rashi suddenly throwing all of Tanakh at us? What, what's, what's the Pasha in this Rashi, you really saying? Two sides of the same coin. Saying good, we can say better. Say better, Elon. You're almost there. What? Two parts of one mitzvah. Two parts of one mitzvah. It sounds similar to what Elon just said. Two parts of one Elon. Cold. Getting colder now. V'chein, 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 v'chein. So too, so too, so too, so too. What's Rashi bringing with all these so twos? Teretzes, if we look carefully and we think about what Rashi just quoted, he's bringing three sets of psukim that are contradictory. Each set is contradictory. Astira, mine obey. Rashi brings down three more couplets, three more groupings of psukim. Mechala, mois, you must. If you desecrate the shri, mechala, Shabbos, you get put to death. But it says, but bring two karbanas. So that's a contradiction, right? Because her says, don't break the Shabbos. And part of keeping Shabbos is you're not allowed to do shrito. Can't slaughter animals. There it says every Shabbos slaughter two animals. That's a stira. V'chein, so too. Loi silbash shatnas. Don't wear shatnas. Wool and linen mixed together. Put tchelis on your tzitzis. Tchelis happens to be wool, and even if your tzitzis are linen, you have to mix wool and linen together. Another stira. Tzitzis says don't wear shatnas. By tzitzis, tzitzis says do wear shatnas. Everybody here, it's a stira, right? And v'chein, what's the final stira? This one's very easy to figure out. Tzitzis says you're not allowed to marry your 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 your, your sister-in-law, your wife's. Your brother's wife. There it says, if your brother dies without children, you have to marry your brother's wife. So make up your mind. Asr mutter, asr mutter, asr mutter. You're not allowed to break Shabbos. You have to break Shabbos. You're not allowed to wear Shabbos. You have to wear Shabbos. You're not allowed to wear, uh, marry your brother's wife. You have to marry your brother's wife. Rashi brings down three sets of stiras. Rashi summarizes by saying, Hashem says one thing, but there's really two opposites sometimes blended into one. Not just two sides of the same coin, but two opposites that somehow seem to be paradoxical. Kosh Baruch can put two opposites together. So far, so good? V'chein, v'chein, v'chein. How many sets of opposites are here in the Pasuk, in the Rashi? Three. There's really four, right? What's the fourth? Shamur v'zachar. So here's the problem. If we put the whole Rashi together, v'chein, 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 v'chein. Rashi brings down three more sets of opposites, and each one time Rashi is saying v'chein. So too, so too, so too. That means that Rashi believes that what else is an opposite? What else is a stira? Shamar v'zachar. Shamar v'zachar. But before we get to that, what, what's Rashi really saying? Just to, what's the Pashat in this Rashi? Uh, you know, we, we get, read this Rashi, I believe, if we're doing Rashi, but, but do we, are we really properly understanding what Rashi wants? What's Rashi saying, first of all, before we get into Zachar v'shamar? What's v'chein really mean? Rashi says, so too, so too, so too. So too what? So too, there's two opposites here? They're contradictory? No, it's more than that. 
Rashi is saying each of these pairings were said b'dibur echad. The emphasis in the Rashi, the, the, the correct shat in the Rashi, and this is just the Pashup shat, the simplistic shat in Rashi is there's four places where, 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 where two things were said b'dibur echad. That's v'chein. Zachar v'sham were said b'dibur echad. V'chein, what else was said b'dibur echad? What else was said? Three other things were said b'dibur echad. That's what Rashi is saying. Mechaleh ma'isumas and shnei kavasim were said b'dibur echad. Gedil tasa l'cha and shatnez lo'isilbash were said b'dibur echad. All these things were said simultaneously. In other words, any there are they're all steers, they're all contradictory. Any tupsukim that seem to be contradictory elements, paradoxical elements that Hashem combined into one mitzvah, Hashem always says that bedibur echad in one breath. So there's four things that were said bedibur echad. Amazing, right? Ask ask people. This is a good question to stop people down the street. What was said bedibur echad? Everyone says zacher v'shamor. Everyone knows that. Rashi saying there were three more things that were said b'dibur echad. Right? That's, that's what Rashi said. But the question is then Zohar v'shamr like the Eilam is pointing out. What, what's the steer in Zohar v'shamr? Zohar is Yom HaShabbos Akadshoi. Shomr is Yom HaShabbos Akadshoi. They're both beautiful. I'll embrace both. We love Shabbos. Everybody loves Shabbos so much. What's contradictory in Zohar v'shamr? Why did that need to be said b'dibur echad? In other words, what you see from Rashi is it wasn't just like, like to impress us that it was said b'dibur echad. What Rashi is saying is Things that seem to us to be contradictory, that's what Hashem has to say, B'dibur Echad. Mechala, Moisiumas, and Shnei Kavosim, that seems to be a contradiction, that's what Hashem needs to say in the B'dibur Echad. Yevama, Yavah, Yaleh, and everyone says, that seems to be contradictory, that's when the Rebbe has to say, B'dibur Echad. What is the contradiction between Zohar and Shomer? Why did that need to be said, B'dibur Echad? Why does the Rebbe need to say that, B'dibur Echad? The Territ is like this. The steer is not necessarily between Zohar and Shomer, the steer is from the Pasuk in its entirety. Zohar is Yom HaShabbos, Likad Shoy. Shomer is Yom HaShabbos, Likad Shoy. Shabbos is there to be made unique, to be made different, to be made special. Likad Shoy means to set it apart from everything else. Shabbos is different than the rest of the week. Shabbos is a special day. It's unique, it's different. I'm Mekadoshit. It's Miyucheres and Mizumenes. It's set aside, reserved, and unique. What about Shabbos makes it special? Where's the Kedusha of Shabbos coming from? This is the stira. This is the paradox to us. Is it coming from Zohar? Is it coming from Shomer? And these are two opposites. Zohar is all about what? The positive aspects of Shabbos. Zohar is about making Kiddush. We learn from Zohar to make Kiddush. We learn from Zohar to be Mechabit Shabbos, to have a, a, a festa suda Shabbos, to have a, a, a wonderful meal. We learn from Rashi, Rashi himself, from Zohar, Rashi himself says, from Zohar we learn that when you're shopping during the week and you see a, a, a good piece of schnitzel, you say, I'm going to put this aside for Shabbos. A good... A good, a good piece of, um, of uh, smoked meat, a good smoked meat platter, someone brings over to you. I'm going to save this for Shabbos. Says Rashi, that's what we learned from Zohar. You should always be Zohar, you're always remembering Shabbos. Zohar is the positive. How we make Shabbos, what creates Kedusha Shabbos? Zohar, the Zechira, the positive. Eating well and dining well and drinking well and remembering Shabbos, making Kiddush. This is what makes Shabbos different. And the other hand, we have Shomer, you have Shabbos to catch What is Shomer? Shamor, Shmir is what? Is the don't do, is the negative, is the lavin. Shamor, Shmira, be Nishmar. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other. Shamor is the Lamatas Molochus, all the things you're not allowed to do, all the things you're not supposed to do. That's what makes Shabbos different, that's what makes Shabbos unique. All the Nishtar, all the Shev, the Altasya, all things you're not allowed to do. It's Frek Rashi, there's a paradox over here, there's a stero. What makes Shabbos unique? What makes Shabbos different? What makes Kedusha Shabbos? Is it Zohar's Yom HaShabbos L'Kadshoi or Shomer's Yom HaShabbos L'Kadshoi? Is it the Tan or the Nishtam? Doing or not doing? Eating 
or refraining from my own personal activities. These are contradictory elements. This is a paradox. And this is why this is, requires a bedibur echad nemru. Like all the other steers that Rashi brings down, the reason why you have to have a bedibur echad is because otherwise we have a built-in steer over here. We have a built-in paradox. Therefore, to us, it looks contradictory. It looks, to us, it looks paradoxical. There is said bedibur echad because kedusha comes from both. Kedusha comes from both. How taka do we resolve this paradox, Rabbi Yisai? Just to, again, the point of Rashi is not so much how to resolve it. The point of Rashi is to see that, that what to us looks contradictory. That's why you need a bedibur echad. What's creating the Kedusha? Doing or not doing? Being active, being inactive. But the re- resolution is, when I refrain from my own personal activities, that's when I'm really able to, in a personal way, sanctify Shabbos the best. I refrain from my own personal ideas of of what I do during the six days of the week. That's what sets me up to taka, be involved on Shabbos in the best way possible when I put my own personal uh, earthly endeavors and enterprise on the side, now I'm set up in a way that I can really be Mekadosh the Shabbos with the Zohar. Okay, thank you all for joining. Have a wonderful Shabbos and everyone should be well in the bench.